You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. It's Wednesday, so it's time for Wayne on Wednesday with Wayne McCurry. Wayne McCurry is a portfolio manager at FMB Wealth and Investment, and this podcast is proudly brought to you in association with sharenet.co.za. Wayne, there's lots to talk about. I want to talk about one specific company listed on the JSC Securities Exchange, which had its results yesterday. I want to talk about CPI, the State of the Nation Address, the overseas markets, the global bond yields plunging to 0% in several European jurisdictions. Uh, ECB, Federal Reserve, but let's start with a company called MC Group or Multi-Choice. This is extraordinary, went to an all-time record high, albeit it's only been on the exchange for a few months, but it went to an all-time record high, Yeah, but it was below, well below 100 rand a share at one stage and currently comfortably trading close to 140 rand a share. Are you a fan of this thing? It's a very difficult question to answer. So let's give you a little bit of a little bit of background to it. First of all, the reason why it dipped quite materially, a lot of guys obviously got this as a spin-off from uh, the unbundling from NASPERS, and it was just too small in their portfolios and they didn't really want to increase it to a meaningful stake, even though they might have liked the company, that they just flogged it. So there was excess selling, you know, when the company, just after the company listed and it went down, and uh, and then it's recovered a little bit. Okay, so that's that's the background as to why it fell, got down to that 90-odd rand, wherever it was initially. Right. Now, in the shorter term, this company actually looks good. It's growing the rest of the Africa business in leaps and bounds, even though it's not growing it at a premium subscription rate. It's growing it at the, you know, the sort of discounted packages, but it's growing it very, very strongly. Uh, it's the losses from the African operations are, I mean, it's made many losses there. It's invested heavily into Africa. They are dropping and they've done cost containment and they're showing earnings growth. South African markets a little bit mediocre. You know, they're not, they're, there's, there's no more premium subscribers out there, but they're still selling this discount packages quite well. Um, they've got a very clear competitive edge against virtually everyone in that they have local content, which is surprising enough, very, very popular. Yes. So all the specific language uh, uh, channels, etc., are in fact very, very popular. So for the next, I don't know, three, five years, the company actually looks good. Longer term, I'm concerned, simply because as more and more bandwidth becomes available in South Africa, as the cost for data goes down, as the cost of downloading a movie improves, guys are going to go for the Netflix type operations and everyone else in that same grouping. And that might be a longer term threat to multi-choice. Multi-choice probably won't go out of business because of that, but they'll probably have to cut their subscriber rates specifically to, to stop the uh, the hemorrhaging of premium subscribers because premium subscribers if you've got cable to your house and it's cheap and you've got fiber and all of this stuff you know you might take two or three subscriptions netflix and all of these things to your house it'll cost you the same as the premium because it's a different model netflix you pay per view yes you know it's it's a different model so now they're trying to counteract that with their pay-per-view side but still a premium subscription is a thousand grand 
roughly speaking, and they haven't been able to increase that for donkeys years, for many years that has stayed constant because they simply can't increase it anymore because they're already losing premium subscribers. So longer term, I think the, 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 the company's earnings, I don't think the company's under threat, but I think their earnings growth is, is, is under threat because of competition. And of course, being in this field, you don't know what five years in the future looks like in you know, entertainment to home field. This is so, it's changing. There's so many technical innovations that might happen. This is truly on the sort of almost the cutting edge, you could argue, of uh, the fourth industrial revolution in that you don't know what the future is going to be. Yes, but I think the but point the is... the short term, I like it. the short term, you like it. But I think that this was the baby of Kurs Becker all those years ago. Yes. And he brought it in because he brought it in having plagiarised an international idea. And that's quite right. He's always said to me whenever I've interviewed him, he says, I don't come up with these ideas. I just have a look at what's going on and I bring them to South well, Africa. Overseas, yeah. And so what you're saying is that there will be technical innovations overseas that would uh, normally be a threat to a company like uh, MC Group or Multi-Choice, but they will adapt and embrace those yeah. technological and entertainment yeah. innovations and bring it in to adapt it to South Africa. In, yeah, when, when he brought it in, Netflix virtually didn't exist overseas. Look, when these serious big players come in, you know, it's difficult to compete against them. These big, big players. You know, that's why I'm also a bit worried about classifieds because, you know, Google classifieds or Facebook classifieds or Instagram classifieds or Twitter classifieds, it's coming. Yeah. And that is such a massive base that the ordinary classifieds can't compete, man, over time. that You just cannot compete with that. Look, the big companies, Netflix, Google, the whole lot, name them, all the things, you know, they themselves might be challenged in three or four years' time, either by another competitor or just by regulation, because governments don't like massive conglomerates that can control swathes of the economy by themselves, one company. You know, so what you see now, Netflix is going into the production of movies and have for a long time. Now, I think the governments overseas are going to legislate against that, same as they did in the 1930s when the MGM, with each movie production house, own their own chain of theatres, and those theatres could only show that movie our production house as films. Oh. That was legislated against, and they were split. They said, no, the distribution must be separate from the production, and I think they're going down exactly that same route now, where, who knows, Netflix might say, listen, our production is only for our distribution, and we're not going to let anyone access it, and we're not going to let any other production house access our distribution unless we own it or own a share in it or control it. You know, so, you know, the big Netflix and that might infect themselves over the next five, ten years whenever face huge regulatory issues. So, but that's my answer on, 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 on multi-choice. Okay, it and just looks good for the next... Yeah. And at the end of the day, to be honest, mm. I'm not too sure anyone's investment horizon is much longer than three years. Yeah, and just on the point about regulation and the over-influence of certain companies, have a look at Facebook and their cryptocurrency. That is going to be yes. that is going to be uh, frowned upon, certainly by the European regulators. So Libra or whatever it's called will yes. be far too influential, given the billions of people that are already being influenced by Facebook's presence. Yeah. They, I'm sure, there's going to be uh, some yeah. outcry when it launches next well, year, or even before it launches. Yeah, it doesn't really matter 
which cryptocurrency it is. But ultimately, when crypto, when any cryptocurrency gets too big, it will be legislated against because one of the biggest tools that any government owns is its monetary system. Right. The Federal Reserve Bank, the Reserve Bank, the ability to adjust interest rates up and down for good or for bad. You know, if you and if you lose that to a cryptocurrency, you cannot have the same controls over a cryptocurrency as what you got over anything else. Then, then no country in the world's got foreign exchange controls or regulations. You can't implement them. The amount of funny money that will go into that system worldwide will be horrendous. I mean, and this is all hearsay because no one actually knows, and that's one of the problems with cryptocurrencies. But according to, let's call it conventional wisdom or gossip, the main reason for the massive collapse in uh, Bitcoin was that Chinese residents who are subject to exchange control were buying Bitcoin to wash currency out of the China into other out of the Chinese currency into other currencies to get money out of the country because they're not allowed to do it legally. And the moment the Chinese authorities clamped down on banks, on Chinese banks settling Bitcoin accounts via a Chinese banking system, the Bitcoin price halved and halved and halved again. In other words, people were buying the Bitcoin simply to essentially bypass exchange, foreign exchange control rules in China. Yeah. You know, the moment this gets big, anyone can do this. You know, so, so cryptocurrencies, their own success might in fact lead to their own failure because there's no ways any government worldwide is going to lose control of essentially the country's reserves, the country's wealth and the country's banking and financial system via a cryptocurrency. Not yet anyway. Let's look overseas now because it's yeah, been not a- yet. I agree with you on that. Ultimately, yeah. ultimately it, it, it might actually, because it is a check on governments, yeah. ultimately it might actually rule, but the governments will fight tooth and nail before that day happens. Let's look overseas now because yesterday I saw a tweet which said that the Austrian, Swedish and French bond market is certain of their, I think, short duration bonds had fallen to 0% yield. It's been an astonishing week. Mario Draghi uh, started it. Uh, Donald Trump started to talk about it. The US Federal Reserve will give give us its decision tonight at around about 8.15, I think it is, South African time. But the point is that there's stimulus now suddenly, having been tightening mooted for the whole of 2019. The US market took off last night. It feels a little bit spurious to me. It feels a little bit spiky to me. It feels a little bit unreal to me what happened last night, and something's got to give. But at the moment, it's not giving. And here we are, close to all-time record highs, Wayne. The implications for the RAND have been good because the RAND has strengthened by more than 60 basis points since last Friday yes. when it was 1512 it's now in, below 1450 mm. I don't yes. know if it's good or bad what do you think I don't know that's a very good comment you made I don't know if it's good or bad so let's talk about the bad first the bad is and I must say it's mildly bad it's not catastrophic the bad is world economy the growth rate is slowing down quite markedly so the world's still growing but the growth outlook for the next two or three years actually looks quite poor in relation to what we've had for the previous 10 years, quite frankly. So the bad is global growth rate is slowing down, therefore by definition earnings slow down, therefore by definition that puts negative pressure on the market. So now the good is 
are you going to buy a bond that gives you zero yield? Well, if, or are you going to buy the share market that gives you a 2% dividend yield? Well, I suppose there are certain people that have mandates that says we need to be in something that is yes. safe and not risky. So but, we have to have a certain pr a, proportion of both. But there's a lot of discretionary money that is not subject to any set of rules. Mm. So there's the, there's, the, there's, the, there's the good side. And of course, the economic growth rate decline will be... I don't know whether it'll stop the decline, but certainly it'll alleviate the decline when you get another bout of free money. Because, I mean, European Central Bank can't cut interest rates anymore unless they go negative. So they're going to use quantitative easing, which is a very fancy, highfalutin word hmm. for printing money and throwing it at the problem. So the growth rate will be alleviated. The decline in the growth rate will be alleviated a little bit by all of this free money. Of course, the Federal Reserve will cut. Whether they cut tonight or not, I don't know. Um, the market is suggesting that they will not cut tonight, but cut at next meeting. But they'll make a lot of cutting noises so that it will be effectively as good as cutting interest rates. And of course, all of this is good for the RAND because the RAND was catastrophic after first quarter GDP and meddling with the Reserve Bank's mandate and our story about quantitative easing. You know, the RAND, as you said, went above 50. Now, you, you can hardly even remember that now. And I mean, we've spoken about this a hundred times. In, in my view, fair value for the RAND is somewhere between, call it 13 and 14. And the RAND's not far off that value now. So yeah, it's looking better. All of the shares that got hammered on the back of the GDP and all the Reserve Bank nonsense, i.e. the banking shares, they all back to where they were before that whole story started. You know, first hand trading more or less 69, 70 bucks, APSIS back to where it was. The all shares back to where it was, roughly speaking. I mean, the all shares sitting here at 58, 59,000. So you back to that, what, 12, 13% return on the all share so far this year, which is not bad. You know, you've got the state of the nation tomorrow night which quite frankly can only contain good news in comparison to the bad news that we've had. So we'll get nice soothing statements from Eskom and the Reserve Bank and the other SOEs and corruption and good governance and targets and, you know, easing, uh, easing uh, business, you know, pot setting policy and predictive policy and We'll get it'll only be good statements, as same as the last one was only good statements. statements. Yes, but, but not policy more, changes. It'll be detail. just statements, Wayne. It hopefully, won't we'll be. get. No, hopefully, we'll get something out of it. Hopefully, we'll okay. actually get two or three definitive things. One of them might be the government's taking a hundred billion or a hundred and fifty billion of Eskom debt onto their own books. That's. I don't think it'll happen, but it's not impossible. You know, there's a physical statement. We might get a statement on these visa stories. We might get. A lot of policy statements. Unfortunately, I don't think we're going to hear much on land. Yeah, but Wayne, just before you go on, you said it's going to take it onto its own books. But I mean, Eskom is yeah. its own book anyway. I mean, it's just shifting. Yeah. It's just shifting one problem to yeah. to somewhere else. If you see what yeah, I no, mean. No, no, it doesn't. It doesn't get rid of the problem. Hmm. It just transfers the problem from Eskom to the government, as you said. Precisely. It's all guaranteed by government debt. But at the moment, what happens is Eskom's got to pay the interest bill. And the only way Eskom pays the interest bill is by charging the maximum possible double-digit increase in electricity, you know, every year consistently for a decade. Now, that puts businesses at pressure because you just, you just can't compete, man. It's just electricity. 
will happen is the ESKIM tariff rate will be more reasonable, but we'll have to pay more tax because now the government pays the interest. But still, quite frankly, if I, as I said, I don't think it will happen. But if it does happen, it will actually be viewed as positive eh? because the rating agencies now, when they look at South African government debt, they add in all the SOE debts. You know, don't try and hide them under a separate company. They, the rating agencies just add them all in. So it's not going to change the rating agency's view of South Africa because they've already included the ESCOM debt. Well, they've included all the guaranteed debt under our total national debt, which then brings our total national debt, is it 70%, something like that, of GDP? Right. But it might be viewed positively because then that's a physical statement because then you wipe out transfer 150 billion and you take 16 billion rand of Eskom's income statement compound, you know, that, that's big. Then Eskom might actually be, it might, and I stress the word might, actually be a commercially viable operation. What? Eskom, a commercially viable operation? Well, maybe in the future it when the be. economy's going and people actually use electricity and there's security of supply. Wayne, I spoke to somebody today and he was uh, talking your book, actually. He said that if you go to Korea, uh, there's a 09 price to book ratio in in South Africa uh, in the all share that is including yep. NASPES it's a 1.7 price to book ratio exclude NASPES then it comes down to even more attractive levels and if you look at the S&P it's around about a three price to book ratio and he said if we get a slight uptick in economic yep. activity in South Africa then local shares are going to look extremely cheap and extremely cheap, attractive yes. you like that do you? Yes, and, and, and I will I'll follow this story now. And in investments, if you stick to the same theme for long enough, you eventually right. It doesn't make you a good investment manager, by the way. But yes, in other words, simplistically, the base is so low. My, my view is very simplistic. The base is so low, it can only get better. But I had the same view at the, you know, before the first quarter GDP mm-hmm. came out and the base just got lower. Yes. But I still stick to that. The base is so low. It can, I mean, this year's growth is going to be 0.5, Actually worse than last year. Last year was 0.8. And everyone six months ago was predicting 1.4, 1.6%. I mean, it's been devastated, that growth rate for this year. But hopefully the base is so low, things can only get better. And if that is the case, the SA shares are cheap. Okay, we'll leave it at that. SA shares are cheap. Wayne McCurry, thank you very much for your time as always. That was Wayne on Wednesday. Wayne McCurry is a portfolio manager at FNB Wealth and Investment. That podcast was proudly brought to you in association with sharenet.co.za.